Welcome to the VF Comics Podcast, the weekly comic book sequential art podcast for all types of readers. Every week we explore the world of comics in an effort to educate ourselves and you, our listeners, on all of the great literature you may be missing out on. This week I have with me the most handsome wielder of Stormbreaker, Beta Ray James. Hello. <laughs> I also have with us the scariest creature in the ocean, Megalodon. Hello. And last but not least is the nicest person that I know. Sorry, Grandma, my buddy Tom. Hey, how are you? Yes, Tom is much nicer than my grandmother, but that's because she <laughs> is a racist. <laughs> so, oh, God, <laughs> what she is? She's awful. Um, she doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. Um, so since Tom Tom is new to our podcast, he has very different tastes from I think the rest of our uh, panel. And so to start off this week, I just want to introduce everyone to Tom and tell you and let him tell you a little bit about his history with comics as well as his preferred authors, art styles, and stories. So, Tom, tell us a little bit about your history with comic books. Um, or comics my, in general. It, just in general. Um, I had friends that read them growing up, but I didn't really, uh, I guess, like, start buying them or exploring with them until college. And I, I lived with a guy that was making his own. Um, and so, just... Through living with him and borrowing books from him and uh, attending classes with him on just drawing, it, 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 it kind of started creeping into into my life, too. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who, was, who was it? Are you talking? Uh, uh, I think you've met Eric Cushing. We actually used to, we used to oh. play Destiny together like, oh, yeah, way, yeah, way, yeah. way back. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, no, cool dude. What did he write comics about? Uh, so he had the first one was he took all of us uh, and kind of had this like superhero art school uh, storyline, awesome. and he just like kind of produced it in his sketchbook. So he had his his like small like Moleskine notebook. They would draw the panels out, and he he kind of would fill it up about halfway. And then there was a year where Neil Gaiman came to UCA to give a talk. And he like took that book and, and had Neil Gaiman sign the inside cover of it. So he, he stopped working in it after that because he got the uh, autograph and was like, oh, I'm going to put this on my shelf or whatever. But yeah, that was, so uh, cool. it was a neat thing to like see that book go through that, you know, and, and take it to that, to that, uh, to that guest talk, you know. That is awesome. That's yeah. I would absolutely be like, if I got Neil Gaiman to sign something, I would stop using it too. And be like, <laughs> this stays in a single place wrapped up. Um, so with your, uh, history of comic books, tell us a little bit about, uh, what is it that you read? Like what kinds of books and authors have you read? Um, I've already said that they're pretty different from what, uh, we're all reading, uh, but, uh, let our, let our listeners know what they can, what kinds of content they can expect from you. Um, I, so the books that I, that got me into comics were like Chris Ware, uh, with uh, Jimmy Corrigan book uh that was a big one jeffrey brown like his early stuff i really liked that memoir kind of stuff philip uh marcus's cousin actually used to loan me books by like adrian tomey and he had one called southern blonde i think that was really good uh i read that in grad school um but i love those kind of just it's it's almost about nothing it's just this really 
you know, this insignificant part of this person's life, but because I relate to it, uh, it's, it feels really special, you know, like I, we've, I think we've all read a story like that at some point where it's just a conversation in a room or a drive down the road to pick someone up. But the over theme of, of that person's like mental state at the time or emotionally where they were, uh, if you're right there too, that, that story really sticks out to you. And so I was always on the hunt and, and still am for books like that, you know? Uh, and, and I think as, like early on, it was like me looking for something that I was going through, like at the time, but now I'm kind of interested in something that I haven't experienced before, like some, some kind of story that introduces me to something that I haven't thought about before. Yeah. That's cool. Oh, That's I a, love that. Yeah. Yes. How well-rounded you are to go look for experiences you haven't had, because that can be really <laughs> scary and uncomfortable. <laughs> Oh, so, I have some right. recommendations for you now. Oh, I'm talk awesome. About it right now, yes, I'm please. Find some stuff for you. Yes, I can oh guarantee God, yeah. that Meg is going to read your recommendation later. She's going to be like, oh, I want that. When I, I got the recommendation, it's the book that actually got me into comics. So I'm going to show oh, it to yeah, you. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> during, that, during that section. Oh, I'm so excited. Uh, the best. All right, let me check something here. Okay, so now that we've gotten to know Tom a little bit and you have an idea for what he'll be talking about, I want to go ahead and move into our news and discussion with our first bit of news. Meg is going to cover it for us. Hi, that's me. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, <I'm> Meg. So... <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Um, so basically there is a promo going on right now from um, Marvel and uh, New York city's Somos community care. And they basically have teamed up to create a PSA campaign to help promote vaccinations. Um, And that is specifically in New York city and um, specifically for black Latino and Asian communities. And so uh, this campaign, it was created by Henry R. uh, Munoz, the third, And he is actually the co-founder of Somos and the head of Funny or Die Studios, if you'll know Funny or Die. Um, And um, so they have created this campaign and they made this short little online comic. And I think they actually have a physical copy that you can get if you go to the vaccination sites. But they they have made they've teamed up with Marvel to create this Avengers themed short little comic um, to help promote vaccinations in that area. And so... um, (laughs) it's kind of weird you can go online and read it we'll probably include the link um, in the description and um, it's just this short little four or five page um book and it i wasn't i didn't really know what to expect i didn't really know how they were going to combine avengers and people getting vaccinations and they kind of don't it's kind of just this book about the Avengers are running getting, around with needles, like, stabbing people at random <laughs> streets. It's basically like people are getting vaccinated, and like you see these people having a conversation at like a vaccination site, like it's like a mobile site, and then they're just like, "Oh, look, the Avengers!" And then the Avengers are over here like <laughs> fighting um, Modok. Is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah, Modok. I've never, I don't, I've never heard of him before, so I have no background and who that is um and um so they kind of it kind of has nothing to do like the avengers are kind of have nothing to do with people getting vaccinated and at the end they're just over at the vaccination site eating cookies it's very weird 
Um, so I really want all of you to, <laughs> to go read this because it's kind of strange. Um, but the website did have good information. And if it gets people to the website, I mean, that's cool. Um, it has a lot of uh, vaccination like sites that you can go to. And <laughs> the website, the mouse pointer becomes like a little needle with like blood sticking out, <laughs> which is also bizarre. Like they're what? trying, they're trying <laughs> really hard to yes. be like cool. But, um, but it does have good info and, um, I don't know. Again, if, if, even though the execution I think is a little sloppy, if it actually gets someone to go out and get vaccinated, then I personally think that's great. But, um, how do you guys feel about this campaign and just, uh, people using comics to, as a PSA? What was that? That was Augie. <laughs> Oh, that was Augie. I'm so sorry. Yeah. You're good. <laughs> yeah, that was my son. Oh, okay. <laughs> he has feelings about vaccinations. James, were you yeah, about he's to like, say Let, something? I will go first. <laughs> Augie will go first. Uh, I wish somebody would put vaccination promotion into like country songs or, uh, <laughs> you know, put up a billboard at a rodeo or something i think that would be good targeted uh you know a, a more targeted demographic would would help things out a lot i think but that's just me yeah i thought that this was kind of a weird way to go after their desired demographic because this was very kind of it was something like a kid would read you know what i mean uh and kids I don't can't know. Uh, i said this earlier when we were talking about it uh, about what was going to happen this week Kids can't go out and get it on their own. So why, why the creator of Funny or Die, a studio that makes mature content, would make a kid's comic book <laughs> about yeah, you know, people getting vaccinations? I mean, like Maybe it, they're trying then, to get their I, parents there? I don't, do you feel like it would have been better, like, pushed out via, like, Disney Plus or something like that, like, tagged on to at the end of the episode of What If or, or something like that? Oh, rather that would have been oh, cool. Yeah. You know? Just to, I mean, to put it in the book as well, like, that's a cool idea, mm -hmm. but kind of like, you know, like James is saying where use all your resources, like you, you have shows and podcasts and stuff like that, where you can, you know, I think they could really incentivize it too with mm -hmm. merchandise and stuff like that, that, you know, like not well, even Disney like, only has so much money, Tom. I don't it's, think they can't it's, like, it's, it's, it's true. It's true. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Well, also, know? the quality of the art is just not good. And I was just like, this is. You have yeah, so I saw that cover money. and was like. like <laughs> yeah, the cover was, alone was rough. <laughs> it looks like something you'd get like in a McDonald's like meal. Yeah, it had that. Yeah, like the, the Happy mm -hmm. Meal, like yeah. just easy to produce. Yeah. Again, looking at who this guy is, and he's the founder of Somos and the head of Funny or Die Studios, I don't understand how that guy, how, they, like, there's no correlation between there is none. Yeah. the content being made. Um, I remember DC Comics uh, this last year had a series of ads where they would have, like, Batman and Robin or somebody... Uh, on a full page ad spread that was like, you know, about staying six feet apart. And I thought, I thought that was really cool because you have, you saw it as you were like turning through. It was, it wasn't as 
on the nose and the art was actually good. Like it looked like the characters from the comic you were reading and not their Saturday morning cartoon versions, nothing against Saturday morning Mm -hmm. cartoons. There's been some good stories told there, but you hear what I'm saying in terms of the immaturity of the art. Um, Man, the animated series, that was uh, some good art there. I really liked the, uh... Oh yeah. That animated series is incredible. Yeah, like one hundred percent. That's a tangent. We'll go off on another. Yeah, I'll, that's just, true. I'll talk about Batman animated series that entire time, and then me and James can argue about uh, Zack Snyder a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, earlier I, I kind of said that as a joke, but whenever your your response elicits good serious conversation, you know you're not funny. So. <laughs> oh damn! <laughs> I've got nothing. I've got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Um, so the only other bit of news is, and I know that I'm the only person here who has seen uh, Shang Chi, or I've been saying Shang Chi, but in the film he makes a point the, to pronounce it um, Shang Chi. And so I'm going to go ahead and pronounce it, try to pronounce it that way. I guess that's the correct way. Um, but in, I, uh, in, in Shang-Chi, they are dealing with a character that has a somewhat problematic history and not the character himself, but in the comic, in Marvel's comics, Shang-Chi is actually the son of the character Fu Manchu. And Fu Manchu has a very long history of being considered a very uh, racist and like yellow fear propaganda stereotype. Um, Heck for a series of movies, I believe Christopher Lee even played him, which sounds to me in which I, I I guess I can't remember having seen those films, but it reminds me of the time like John Wayne played Genghis Khan or what Mickey Rooney did in Breakfast at Tiffany's, where it was just where it's kind of like, oh man! So they had someone done in Asian makeup, and it, I don't know it just doesn't taste good. So he's got that history, but then also by using the Ten Rings, they had to deal with the history of the Mandarin, which has been known to have some problematic um, characterizations as well in comics, very similar to Fu Manchu, and so they decided to deal with the, that character in this. And so Marvel did what I think that they do in their best movies, especially their origin movies. And I feel like they really kept the, um, what's the word I'm looking for. Uh, They really kept like the, the feeling of the character, but they wrote a new story with bits and pieces that work best from the comic books. For instance, um, in Captain America, civil war, the idea, the basic premise was solid, but the comic was rough in execution. And um, Shang-Chi, I feel like, dodged a lot of potential stereotype issues and you know rewrote some backgrounds. And I'm going to go ahead and say it right now that it is up there, of all the character origin films, I think Shang-Chi might be in my top three. Ooh, it's Whoa. I, 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 I wasn't going to go out into theaters. I just wasn't quite ready for it, but I was, I had one thing in the movie spoiled for me and I was just like, you know what? I'm going to go Saturday morning, try to avoid a crowd. I managed to avoid a crowd 
and I saw it and I loved it and I cannot wait to see it again. Is it theaters only or is it premier access the, as well? It is theaters, theaters only. only. Okay. It is. Okay. They're going back to full theaters only. Okay. Um, and so, um, I mean, I, you know, I had someone recently, uh, in a conversation, I can't, I think it might've been at the shop James, but it might've also been at work where, or could have been a comment on Facebook where someone made this comment and people are making this comments of like, they're like, Oh, I'm not going to go see Eternals or Shang-Chi because, you know, Marvel hasn't convinced me I need those movies. Like who's ever heard of them. And I kind of want to be like, Oh yeah, you were a big Iron Man fan before uh, John Favreau did Iron Man. Oh, tell me about your, tell me what you read about guardians of the galaxy before that came out. Let's not sit here and pretend that Marvel has always made big franchises off of their most top tier characters, um, and they've nailed it. So, well, especially with Guardians, right? I mean, if I'm yeah, that, oh yeah. I'm that demographic, and I had I had known nothing about yeah. Guardians yeah. before so, before that. So, whenever I hear that argument of just like, oh, well, like, I mean, who's heard of them? I'm not convinced we need that movie. It's like. That that's been Marvel's entire setup for all their movies is we didn't know we needed it until we got it, or we wanted it until we got it. I don't know about need, I need it, but um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I feel like that one makes sense. It references the Ten Rings. We have the Ten Rings reference in mm-hmm. Iron Man three. So if you've been watching them, like you, you know they link together. You know. And, and what's great is this movie does link in some ways because the 10 rings has always been there in the background, but they've done like very low key in the background. Like they were in, they've been in two movies, but you know, that organization's out there. And I think that this is the best way they could have introduced them into the wider, wider Marvel universe. Like they, they hit it. Like they, they knocked it out. Um, because what could have easily happened is we could have gotten just like a Hydra two, okay. and that's not what we get. That's we awesome. Get like, we don't just get like another Hydra or another you know thing like that. Like it's there's different stuff going on. It feels like its own. Like yes, that's, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. And then uh, you know I don't think this is spoiler territory to say that from the trailers you can tell that the Ten Rings are not like the Ten Rings in the comics. Um, in the comics, each one is like a superpower ring, like a Legion flight ring and stuff like that, but not a Legion flight ring. I know that's DC James. I know. Um, but like each one is like, and so the, these rings, like they're more like, I guess, bracelets or something. Um, yeah, that's what they look like in the trailer. Yeah. But yeah, um, still really, really cool. Go, go see it. It's great. And honestly, I saw earlier today that it's Labor Day weekend opening. It's supposed to be like to triple the most, like the record for Labor Day openings, which surprised the heck out of me. That's awesome. So, yeah, it's already been breaking wow. records. Uh, they can broke a record Friday, yeah, uh, just for Friday, and, and they're projecting it to be, I think, like 70, 70 mil, something, something like that. Wow. Tom, do you have a fall break coming up this month, right? Uh, it's toward the end of October. Mm, oh, man. Okay, I was about to say, like, I, I couldn't remember if it was, like, at the end of September. I was being like, man, if you've got a weekday off, you should totally go see it. Yeah, I really want to. Um, so, yeah, I feel like they did a really good job with it because Marvel, a few years ago with the Iron Fist TV show, uh, faced some similar backlash because 
Iron Fist is based around like the white savior sort of storyline. Um, and, and people wanted that character to not be a blonde haired, blue eyed guy. Um, and that got really complex (laughs) and there was a lot of changes that people one made. And I feel like this movie, like they did it. They, they did it. Like it's so good. Um, but when you guys go see it, um, and once everybody's seen it, we'll have to talk about it again because I want to talk yeah. about all the stuff that happened in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm excited. Some things happen. Um, so that is it for really our news this week. So now we're going to move on to our recommendation, and our recommendation this week is brought to you by Tom, and it is the book that got him into comics. So Tom, Yay. tell us about that book. Okay, so uh, the book that I brought is uh, it's a McSweeney's book. Uh, McSweeney's is a a quarterly journal run by Dave Eckers. Um, and it normally deals with, I mean, it always centers around unpublished authors or authors that have had a hard time getting in the spotlight, but for issue 13, uh, way back, they did a comic issue and it's like all designed by Chris Ware. And I actually like rebought this. So it's still sealed, but the cover wow. unfolds to this gigantic, uh, Chris Ware panel. You can see kind of the details that, uh, like all the artwork there. Um, and inside are like miniature comics. You can see one tucked into the sleeve here. And it's just a collection of different artists and, and authors that they like curated together of like, Oh, these are people that we feel like you should be paying attention to at the time. I think the book came out in like 2006. The funny thing is, it's like, you can still easily get it. It's like $30 online bookstores. That's like what I got it for. It's a really beautiful book. Um, which is like, you know, what, what drew my eye into it. Uh, and it was just, I was, I was a really big fan of the magazine at the time, but it's what showed me Jeffrey Brown and, and a bunch of other stuff that I, that I really got into. So that's the, that's the book that I recommend. It's easily online. It's McSweeney's issue 13, the comic issue. And, uh, and you can find it, it's the quarterly concern. That's a, that's, that's the name of the magazine. And even though it's issue 13 and you say magazine, that looks like a, Hardback. Yeah, it is, it's a hardback yeah. book. It's, yeah, yeah. I, I use yeah, the term magazine loosely. It's it's always the, the issue is always like usually it's short stories, um, and I think this is the only comic issue they did. So usually it looks like you're buying a novel, um, but this one it's it's full of, of of different comics. Marcus, we'll have to crack it open sometime and like you can you can show all take take photos or whatever of all the different oh yeah art in there. Don't it's, don't give it to me when we're like outside <laughs> or near mud. I have a problem. <laughs> well, cool. Is there like a running theme to the stories in that issue, or is it just like a bunch of like different writers telling their own? It's uh, always stories? It, it. It's always like you know they they have a guest editor and that editor curates like the things that they feel you should be aware of at the time. You know, oh, that's cool. um, and I so like that. and so it was like artists and authors that they highlighted. And I think they let Chris Ware pick a couple of them too, which is like, I th- I'm pretty sure how Jeffrey Brown got involved because they were close being both from Chicago at the time. Okay, cool, man. I'm excited to crack that open with you. We'll have to like, you know, do a little shoot video or something. Yeah. Um, the little micro comics in it are so cool. Like it's, it's such a, it's a beautifully made book. Like that's it's you, fun to hold. You've done a great job of like, all of y'all have interest. All three of y'all have introduced me to some books that I would never would have picked up 
had you not pointed them out. Um, <laughs> speaking of which, on a completely different kind of book, James, that barbaric book is so funny. <laughs> yeah, it is. So I'm, thank uh, you for that. I've uh, really been digging it too. It's just, um, James, or Tom, Megan, James, uh, barbaric is about a barbarian who's not a good dude and he gets cursed with a talking axe that he and he has to do good. Um, oh, awesome. But the axe, the axe is what's, you know, is part of the curse, but the axe can talk and it thirsts for blood. Anytime <laughs> <So laughs> it sees some wrongdoing, it's just like, uh, very different from the type of story Tom's Tom is talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awesome, man. But talking about like books y'all have all gotten me into, it's just, that was one James got me into recently that I, I really enjoyed. Um, so Tom, thank you so much for the recommendation this week. I know you've got a few other prepared, so we can expect to hear from more of you in the future. And so the other thing I wanted to talk about is, um, what we're looking forward to this week. If there's anything comic book wise coming out this week, uh, Tom, I know this is your first week on, but there is a website league of comic geeks that has a great compendium of what comes out every week, not just issues, but trade paperbacks, all sorts of stuff variants and so we'll usually use that as a list just to see stuff that looks really interesting um that's so, awesome uh, that's great that they compile that like that yeah that's really neat it makes it really easy to find uh what's coming out along with like using you know comic previews and all sorts of stuff um but it's a way to find stuff that it just doesn't pop up in previews so for me this week i do have a few uh, one of which I didn't even know was coming out, even though it's by one of my favorite authors right now. But you've all heard me talk about The Nice House on the Lake before, so I'm not going to go into detail on that. It is a strange mystery type of book in which a group of people are invited to a nice house on the lake. And while they're there, the person who invited them has a awful secret and the world ends. But they're oh. safe at the nice house and they're trying to figure out what is going on. Um, so very cool. There's also uh, maze book number one and it looks so great. Uh, a lonely building inspector still grieving the loss of his puzzle loving daughter receives a mysterious phone call one night from a girl claiming it's his daughter and that she's trapped in the middle of a labyrinth. Convinced that this child is contacting him from beyond this world, he uses an unfinished maze from one of her journals and a map of the city to trace an intricate path through a different plane of reality on an intense and melancholy adventure to bring his daughter back home. And it is my man, Jeff Lemire. So, um, it looks looks super cool. I can't wait. Um, And then... For New Comic Book Day, I talked about this book. Uh, New Comic Book Day, or Free Comic Book Day, not New Comic Book Day. Free Comic Book Day had <laughs> a comic Free Comic Book Day. Day preview to a book called Bountiful, Bountiful Garden. Um, and it's about, in the future, a team of teenage scientists are sent on a terraforming mission. and But 10 years into their cryostasis sleep, they unexpectedly wake up on a at a planet that's not the planet they were supposed to go to. And this promises to um, have nightmarish scenarios as they encounter cosmic horror um, that have not only attacked their ship, but also their minds. And I love me some good cosmic horror. Um, So that looks cool too. 
And the last one I had this week was there's a trade paperback of Cold Bodies, and it's um, basically a sort of slasher um, murder mystery and that there was a, it reminds me a little bit of the plot of some of the scream movies and that, uh, this young woman, Denise Stokes was a sole survival, sole survivor of the brutal winter man massacre. And now in the present, as she tries to get away from it, everyone's obsessed with a popular movie franchise called snow day. That's based on the murders she escaped from. Um, but then the winter man shows up again and she's trying to figure out what's real and what isn't and dealing with that trauma. So I read that. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That looks cool. Um, Megan, what do you got this week? Yeah. So, um, uh, issue, I honestly didn't have, a, none of these had been on my radar before looking at, uh, what was coming out this week. Uh, issue number two of the me you love in the dark is coming out this week. And this is about an artist. Her name is Ro. And she she leaves the city uh, to go to an old house in a small town to try to find some kind of inspiration for her art. And um, while she's there, she begins kind of communicating with something in the house. <laughs> and um, so this is by Image Comics. And it says, for fans of Stephen King and Neil Gaiman, uh, you'll enjoy this beautiful say it sounds dark- like an art version of a Stephen King book. I I love it. Um, Dark and disturbing story of discovery, love and terror. So yeah, that just, I looked at a few like uh, pages and it was really pretty and artsy and dark and good. It looks good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm all about this kind of thing. So that looks nice. And then um, issue number two, all of mine are the second issue. Issue number two of Not All Robots is coming out. And um, so this is sort of a sci-fi satire. And um, just the fact that this is satirical makes me want to read it even more. So it's about... um, it's, it takes place in the year 2056, and uh, in this world, robots have replaced human beings in the workforce, just completely replaced them. And so uh, it says an uneasy coexistence develops between the newly intelligent robots and the 10 billion humans living on Earth. Every human family is assigned a robot upon whom they are completely reliant. So that's that's good. It's about this family called the Walkers, and their robot's name is Razorball, and... Um, he starts doing some ominous shit in their garage, like, you know, just making some, you know, killing machines. That reminds me of what is that animated, that 3D animated show about technology that's kind of a horror anthology, too? Oh, my oh I have no idea. Yeah. I, it, it was on, I believe it was on Netflix, animated. I don't know. I, I would... I was reading this, and I would be less interested in this if it were taking itself seriously. Oh, but love, it's satire, death, so. and robots. Oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Have any of y'all seen any of this? No, I, I haven't. I haven't. James, you did? Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I think uh, David Fincher is a producer on it. Oh, awesome. Now, I, I've watched a couple of the episodes, and... Uh, one was about a woman's cleaning robot. Um, there, there's a robot uprising that starts. And so she's combating that. And it is, it's so weird in that, like it's, uh, how to put it. It's like over the top, but it's also like kind of rough because like it's, they're killing people. <laughs> they're going to, they're going to do some bad stuff. Um, and the animation is very unique. Um, but I think each one is animated differently. Right, James? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's cool. Animators. 
Yeah. Reminds me of that Futurama episode where the robots uh, rise up or whatever. The coffee machine. Oh, do you want coffee? <laughs> How would you like your coffee? <laughs> Out of coffee. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's a really good episode. <laughs> but it's like, what was it? Uh, and we will teach them of our peaceful ways by force. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Uh, Futurama? A, yeah. Um, I've only seen one episode of Futurama. And yeah. they showed me the most depressing episode, and now I haven't watched it anymore. Oh, no. So, oh, yeah, I they know showed which one. you. Bum- yeah. It was a bummer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like I the cried. one people love to share, and it's like, this is a real bummer episode. I was in these people's living room. They were like, let's watch this episode. And I was like, okay, great. And um, <laughs> they started playing it, and I was not in the right mental state for that at all. And I thought we were watching a fun cartoon, and I just started sobbing in their yeah. living room. Oh, yeah. So I haven't watched any since. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, the some of the Comedy Central, one of the Comedy Central seasons kind of undoes the sadness of that episode. Oh, which really? Which to me ruins the episode. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. weird. And like they don't do it, and like it, like a, to me, like a meaning. Well, you know, it was one of the movies. It was one of the movies that came out between. See, that's where I stopped. And going onto Comedy Central, and I don't know. It it takes the impact away, but it's like the impact is what made that episode so great. So I thought it was. It weird was that good. They yeah. Ended that. I definitely. Uh, I mean, I thought it was good. I just was not in a place where I could really handle it very well. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not an episode. I mean, like, even if you're in a good place, that's not an yeah. episode. Yeah. Like, just yeah. Like, it was rough. Oh, and there's a lot of stuff that I didn't understand. Like, they would have to be like, well, this and this. And I was like, okay, why didn't we start from the beginning? <laughs> why are you showing me this? But anyway. Yes. Um, and, and one more I was going to talk about is, um, and I wasn't actually going to talk about this one, but I saw that it was by Colin Bunn, and I I've never read anything by him that I didn't like. Um, and it's called The Last Book You'll Ever Read. And it's the second issue. It's um, by a vault. And um, so this is about someone, a lady named Olivia who has written a book called Seder. And it's become an international bestseller. And after it comes out, people are blaming her for acts of violence and bloodshed all around the world. And um, so her own life becomes in danger because people are blaming her for all of these things going on in the world. And so she hires a bodyguard named Connor. And um, her only requirement for him to work for her is that he cannot read the book. Um, I, I, I don't know, but it's by Colin Bunn. And so I want to read it. So that sounds weird. weird. Now I want to read the book. I want to know what she wrote. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It looks kind of weird. I don't know if it'll actually be good, but okay. interesting premise. So that's yeah. all I got. James, have you noticed anything coming out here soon that looks cool? Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to Snelson uh, coming back. I was really high on the first issue. Uh, good, uh, really good book about a aging comedian who sort of finds himself, uh, you know, out of touch with things that are, you know, acceptable and not acceptable in current culture. Uh, and he also sees cows everywhere he looks. Uh, <laughs> what? So, uh, yeah, it, it looks like it's going to be a pretty good journey of this character toward, I guess a little bit more, uh, more recognition of how jokes can impact people. Uh, 
it's uh, it's been really great. Uh, I'm looking forward to how they continue the story that the first issue kind of left on a on a kind of a kind of abruptly. So I'm kind of curious where this goes next time because it's a really uh, enthralling read. Huh. Uh, so yeah, that's my recommendation. That sounds really cool. Do you yeah. all, do cool you have premise. any more issues of any number one issues at the shop? I think so. Cool. I'm gonna Probably. have to stop by on Tuesday um, and check that out because you said it's just one issue out right now, right? Uh, yes, right now. Yes. The second issue comes out this week. Okay. Man, thank uh, man, thank you guys for always giving me cool stuff to read. Um, Ashley has noticed the influx of comics coming in is more than it used to be. So I've got to find a new, so I guess I'm going to start hiding them in my backpack instead of the brown bag, just walking in with the brown bag. Cause Ashley's like, what did you buy this week? And I was like, this looked cool. I wanted it. <laughs> um, well, all right. So, well, that's going to be it this week for the VF comics podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, Tom. Thank you for joining us this week and being one of our newest hosts. Thanks for you having me. You can find us every week on your favorite podcasting platform. You can even listen to us and find more content, such as a blog at vfcomicspodcast.com. And make sure at the website and on your preferred pla- uh, podcasting platform, you hit that subscribe button to let us know you want to keep listening to us. And that way we can bring you more, better content as we move forward. I am excited to let you know publicly that starting in October, we are going to launch a VF comics podcast 2.0. We've got some exciting changes and upgrades that we're going to be making. So you can look forward to that on the first week of October. Thank you so much for listening. We will catch you guys all next week.